The following podcast contains scenes of a drunken nature and should not be heard by the sober. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to Emma Nash, Screen Queens. listening to M and Ash and we are the Screen Queens bringing you the finest cross-generational tips on what to scroll past and what should make the watch next list on your streaming weapons of choice. I am Ash the millennial blogger who doesn't understand the difference between Marvel and DC and here is M the Gen X mama three who refuses to accept Christmas as a genre. Bonsoir tout le monde. Bonsoir. Bichon freeze. <laughs> Bichon freeze. Have a knees. Have a chew. I see you. This is going to be an interesting show, everybody, because I just want to, before we find out how Stu's week's gone, I'm going to say we are recording. Oh, yeah. Stu doesn't even exist 10, yet. Well, it's 10 to 10 on a Wednesday evening, so it's PM. Day and PM. I am completely sober, unusually. Ash is making up for it by being double drunk for both of us. And Stu has a very smart new haircut. Stu, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I am, I, I, I'm not entirely sober, but I'm not near, anywhere near Ash's level. So oh, I... Piss off, friend. <laughs> I feel hated yet seen. <laughs> well, the thing is, of course, we're having to record at this bizarre time because after all our chat about candles, I now must fall into Stuart's line of not really liking them. Because what did I do last Sunday after you recorded our podcast? Burnt your whole house down. Emma burned her house down, kids. <laughs> burning <laughs> down Brittany, the house. Brittany the burnt her moment. gym down. Emma burnt her bedroom down. You two are twin spirits. Simpatico. Next thing you know, I'll be on Instagram the entire time doing some dance Next moves. Next thing you know, Ken- Kendrick's going to be in charge of all your financial decisions. <laughs> I'll be signed over to You'll be in a conservatorship. That, so come on then, Emma. Tell us that. A, tell us the exact sequence of events that happened that led to the well, small fire as, in your room. As we all know, we have a small puppy, a small sweet puppy, but the small sweet puppy is not very toilet train so the small sweet puppy does tend to leave smell of pee around the house so i tend to have delightful autumnal spiced candles <laughs> burning at all times it was a sunday i think we'd had some friends around maybe we might have had some prosecco around the fire pit Oops, i was tidying up getting ready to go to bed put the blinds down did not move the candle the smoke alarm went off theo tall twin was like i think there's the fire and we looked through and yeah there were like floor to ceiling flames because it had caught the blind and then caught the rather Cow cowhide chair. So we did the right chair. thing. We got out. I'm so sad. Well, I have sent like for like links to the insurance company. We got out. We got the fire brigade out. We stayed at James's parents that night, and then it turned out we were properly insured because somebody, i.e., me, had not changed the address. <laughs> but it's okay. The insurance will come through with a proportional settlement. They've been very oh, kind, good. and today we had. A delightful painter decorator came around this evening to take a look and hopefully can start work quite soon. So we're currently sleeping in a lounge. It's not what a idea. load of fucking stressful shit, Emma. It's it seems like a tiny thing, like a ten minute fire. You'll get over that, but it's the weeks of admin. I fucking hate personal admin, and that's the amount of crap you have it to wait to get well. your life back. 
Well, and it all happened as well in the same week that then my company bought another company. So it happened. You know what, Ash? I will take that mm-hmm. sympathy. I will. I felt mm-hmm. very sorry for myself this week, but I've pulled myself up. And you and your family had a big, scary car accident a few weeks ago. So it's been so this was your third thing. The company stress was a third thing and they come in threes and that is it. And you're done. I like that because someone just say to me after the viral bad things coming through, you've had the car crash and if what could the third thing be? Obviously buying a company is a good thing, but the That's stress the of stress. it was not, was not ideal. That's the I third like thing. That. You're finished. I love it. So Ask yes, leave receive. But the moral, Enough. the moral of the story here is candles are bad, even if they smell nice. Even autumnal spice candles are the worst. And Stuart was entirely correct to roll his eyes when we went down. Row candle. <laughs> candle line. So look, that was my week. How, and also my week has just involved a lot of the boys, but how has everyone else's week been? Surely better than that. Well, I no, have not, not. I've not bought a company, Stu, have you? Um, I'll, I'll double check my bank balance, but I don't think I have. Absolutely not. I might, did I not might... do this personally. Want to make that very clear. <laughs> I attempted, I attempted um, uh, dry October for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. One of our regular listeners, i.e. my sister said she had not laughed harder than when you said the other day i'm gonna make you do so for october emma and my sister well, like, that is never going to your happen. sister knows me Did better than i know myself um i i really wanted to but because i'm such an an obsessive um addictive personality gemini unless i'm all in i am all out so i was not ready to do it on the first of october because i forgot um, and I've just struggled to get back into it, being like, oh, now it's a second, I should start. Oh, but now it's a third. Oh, now it's a Sunday. Oh, now what am I doing? It's a, it's a slippery slope. So I've slope. really floundered. I was almost tempted until, and I showed you both the screenshot, until I got a message from someone I do not know very well in my Oh, my town, God. Who that, just wrote me. <laughs> goodbye, bitch. She needs to get off my dick, Richard. I was, I was not impressed. Hush yeah, your mouth. No, I do not want to join your. No, that's a hate crime. What you it received. It wasn't very nice. It wasn't very sympathetic. It was, it was a like, hate sorry crime about your car crash. I'm sorry about your fire, but would you like to join me in sober October? And I was like, Does it, are you trying to tell me I'm a massive alcoholic? Absolutely you know, not. Everything else. So, but I was going to say, of course, none of us have had a good week because of the awful news that came out in the UK. Well, came out in the UK and also the in the US that Cine World are going to be shutting. Our poor, our poor friend. It's heartbreaking. So if you, if you hadn't listened to Emma and I on the radio before, we were on Cambridge 105 radio on a show called Bums on Seats, which has been running for, Emma, is it 15 years? It must you, be because I've been doing it for You've like been 12. on it a long time. And half of the reviewers on that radio show work at the Arts Picture House, which was bought to great chagrin by the Cambridge population by Cineworld. And that has been affected by the recent Cineworld closures. They're saying they're closing them all until at least April. And I have a terrible feeling that these people are never going to be rehired and many, many sites are never going to be reopened. And they're hinging it all on the fact that the new James Bond has pushed back its release date which many huge blockbusters have done. And they've said James Bond is a final nail in the coffin, but the first and final nail in the coffin is these 
huge production companies wanting to make hundreds of millions of dollars instead of tens of millions of well, dollars. They don't think it's good enough. You they're saying make films, you can still release films, you can still make money, but you can't make as much money as you want to. So you're going to destroy the entire cinema culture of the entire world, possibly forever. Well, their argument is, isn't it, that without the U, because the US is not fully open yet due to COVID restrictions. The US is doing whatever it fucking wants. Well, for example, Tenet performed pretty well globally and they can make their money back with global releases. But it wasn't great. But they're refusing to do it and it is is boiling down. Greed. It's greed. It's totally greed because uh, Bill and Ted 3 came out and it, it's, it's a great film. Go and see it if you can. And the what's the other thing that Keanu Reeves is in? Is it John Wick? John or is Wick. it The Matrix? No, he's making, making a new Matrix. And the new Matrix has been moved up four months. Because I imagine the lovely Keanu Reeves has a hand in the production company. He's like, let's just give this film to people and make as much money as we do. They will make their money back. You as we discussed last week, he's the nicest man in the world. So maybe he yes. has. He wants to save cinema. And the problem is we're all going to get so used to watching films in our houses, on our huge TVs, because TVs come down in price all the time. Yes. And the fear is getting to people. But yes. what the real the real shame is, and this came from straight from the horse's mouth, my friend who works at the picture, he said there is a pent up demand for people to go to the cinema. People wanted to go to the cinema. It felt like it's a safe a safe covid space it's much like. safer you know, than restaurants and great pubs to make sure it was but there's just nothing nothing there to see but they'll be next i mean they'll be the next look scotland have closed theirs down today and this is again after restaurants and bars have gone to great expense yeah to you know make themselves safe i just think this is so short-sighted so I don't know. I mean, I am, i'm not a politician i'm not a scientist either but i just feel there must be a better way I'm neither, but live in a household, half of which has been in the hospitality industry since he was able to have a job. And I don't think anyone in the government making decisions has ever worked a hospitality job because they're silver spooned cunts. Um, Just don't understand that Emma, you hide your mouth. Nine minutes, nine minutes, I'm saying. And I- It's my first cunt. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Get off my dick, Richard. The entire UK government are silver spooned cunts and they don't understand what it's like to try and live as someone working in the hospitality industry. To be fair, Ashley, they have no interest in any business whatsoever. They don't. This was proved by their whole they Brexit don't. scenario. Every they single person not. who works in any kind of business has told them Brexit is terrible. They don't care. They'll still have a they job. They don't give a shit. So, so to, this over. is completely off track. To hark back to the Whitaker Martin household at the beginning of um, lockdown. Yes, it's wonderful. My uh, partner of the Good Shouts lost his job before they announced that they were going to furlough people because his restaurant closed down ahead of time thinking we can't safely serve people. They did the right thing. So he just thought he'd been made redundant and we had no money. And the government came in like, oh, we're going to be your saviors. Don't worry. We'll give you 80% of your pay. It'll be great. People in the hospitality industry make more than 50% of their take-home income in cash tips. And when you have no customers coming in and you're not working, we lost half of his income. 
and no one's going to help us with that and that's going to happen again when they shut down all the restaurants and it's bullshit and I cannot believe that they opened restaurants and bars before they opened cinemas and they're shutting down more cinemas before they've shut down bars and restaurants because they are the safest places to be no remember they are not shutting them down this anyone's made that decision because they're basically the trying companies to, are making them they were trying down. to force the government's hand i think to say look you've got to help us out but of course at the same time we got the news here today in the uk that green king pubs even with this 10 o'clock curfew, 800 no 800 jobs places it's like no, eight, every day 800 sites are closing no, 80 sites 800 jobs i double oh, really yeah, it's 80 sites oh, and 800 jobs. It'll be more, though. Yeah. It'll I, be the beginning. I, I know. Now we try and think about what cheering stuff we've been watching. <laughs> actually get back to, you know, the... Shall we? Aspect of the... Shall we review Shall shit? We? <laughs> Shall we? Well, wait, we're going to... So we're going to end on the new South Park episode. South Park made a new COVID special, which is fucking amazing we'll end on that but we're going to talk about enola holmes which is um sherlock holmes's little sister looking for their lost mother and then we have a play turned netflix film the boys in the band and then rocks has come to amazon prime i think it was netflix netflix Netflix. one or the other and that did very very well at the cambridge film festival last year and then we have the big thing, American Murder, The Family Next Door, which is the documentary about the horrific um, case last year when Shanann Watts and her two daughters were murdered by her husband. And I have a very great insight into that because I love true crime. And it will but... be all over your Netflix list. I think that's number one in the UK at the moment. Maybe Enola Holmes is number three or something. I mean, we're being, we're trying to be very relevant this week. I just like to We think. try to be relevant, don't we? we well, try. do you want to, so Emma, I cannot watch Enola Holmes because I can't fucking stand Millie Bobby Brown off of Stranger Things and she's it's... in the lead front and centre in this. So I don't even care to watch it. Does this mean that you never watch Stranger Things? I've seen Stranger Things, but she's a bit part in Stranger Things. She's one of a multicast, and I can handle her like that. But I am not so unfond of her. Okay, so Enola Holmes is aimed firmly, I would say, at a family audience. It's a straight to Netflix movie, and it is starring Millie Bobby Brown, as you said, as Enola Holmes, the hitherto unmentioned younger sister of Sherlock and Mycroft. You have a bizarrely cast, I'm not going to lie, Henry Carville as Sherlock Holmes, but then maybe mm. it's hard to see anything I think without Sherlock thinking Holmes of... might have been gay, actually, to be fair. Well, I think that for me, Benedict Cumberbatch is the best Sherlock Holmes ever. I yes. know there are some people who really rate Robert Downey Jr., but I only watched a powerful one oh, of those no. movies, so it's not their same no, no, no. And then an even odder cast, Sam Clapp. <laughs> as Mycroft Holmes, but a very well cast Helena Bonham Carter as their mother. HB. Because actually, there's one stroke of genius in this whole thing. HBC and MBB are very believable as a mother and daughter. So the idea is that Mycroft and Sherlock is is, is off being a famous detective. He and Mycroft have left. Um, 
Helen Bolland Carter's Eudoria Homes has been bringing up Enola Homes in an incredibly, you know, forthright and feminist manner for this, you know, late 19th century. But then she goes missing. So her ward is handed to, you know, her wardship is handed over to Mycroft, who is just a complete arse, basically, who comes back and tries to send Enola Holmes off to a finishing school for young ladies. She is having none of this. She wants to find her mother. She escapes through various sleuthing and she also gets entangled with a Marquis as well, who's on the run. And they have a um, evil guy chasing them, Bern Gorman, who you'll know probably from The Dark Knight Rises, who is quite sinister looking. And sort of general, very good looking period hijinks ensue. Well, um, the, di- the director looks good to me, but I still have no interest. So the director is Harry Bradbeer, and he did he's a bag and Killing Eve. He's done tons of TV, um, and I've taken this especially. It's a really handsome-looking movie. I will say that the costumes are good, the sets are good, the locations are good. It looks really good, and it's say I am not. Oh, sorry, Stuart. Yes, go on. You sure have something to say. I was going to full flow. Are you only saying that it's handsome because Henry Cavill's in it? You do love Henry Cavill, but you love the fact that he can build a computer and he plays Superman. Isn't that your main love for Henry Cavill? As a video game playing straight man, Stuart is <laughs> he, he, EF for Henry Cavill. He is the patron saint of gamers now. He's, he's his new title. <laughs> you do you, Stuart. He's very... He's very sweet, Henry Cavill, but I do find it hard to buy him as you know, I don't super brave, super care about anything he says or thinks or does. Well, it, it's, it's, so, it's so wet. It's funny you but should look, say you can't. I see... am. Sorry. No, no, go on. No, no, finish, 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 Sorry. finish, Henry Cavill. You, so you, you were just saying it's quite funny that you can't, you can't sort of buy into the character of Sherlock Holmes in this film. Um, it's funny you said that because at the same time he, they're having to pay for it as well because the the um, the the who's the author of um. Arthur Conan Doyle, his estate, mm. they are trying to sue Netflix for Henry Cavill's portrayal of Sherlock Holmes because he is too nice and shows too what? much emotion. Oh, yeah, so they don't think he's an accurate portrayal of the character, so they're trying to sue him for it. So, um, yeah, that's a thing. That's awesome. I did not know that. It makes perfect sense to me. There is this slightly irritating. I find they they do a lot. She does. She breaks the fourth wall the whole time. Maybe maybe this is taken from Fleabag, of course. So Millie Bolly Brown as Enola Holmes from the very Same beginning director. is permanently breaking the fourth wall, which actually I didn't think fitted with the feel of the film as well as it could do. And that but would I, make her even more annoying of an actress. I don't find her that annoying. I find her voice a little annoying but that's very picky of me I think she's well cast in this look I'm a 47 year old woman but I think if I was a 13 year old girl I appreciate the message she's sending out you know it is a it's a strong feminist young girl spunky message about you know do not let other people dictate your life and make sure that you make your own choices and if you're bright you can do whatever you want as a young woman and Helen okay. Carter is always good at giving us that message and playing Eudoria Holmes she does an excellent job in that there's some fantastic martial arts moves there's some quite harsh violence for a Netflix mm-hmm. family film there is a little bit of gore there's some quite intense violence there's some quite good there's an amazing kind of almost drowning scene with um Millie Bobby Brown, which I thought was quite intense, like I say, for this kind of film. But look, it is not any more than a Netflix afternoon film. But I think if you have, I tried to get the boys to watch it. Of course, none of them were interested. I think Jago. They made... have better taste than you and Husmo the Bates combined. Don't try and <laughs> trick them. Possibly into true. Judgey Jago can get to sleep the other night, so I put it on for him, and it, it probably sent him to sleep within about twenty minutes. That's mm-hmm. maybe not. 
not a glowing recommendation, but I enjoyed it. I folded laundry in front of it. And I think as a springboard for Millie Bolly Brown going, coming from Stranger Things into her first leading role, I think she makes a good fist of it. Yes, do how, you mentioned like sort of the violence and things about being a family film. How much do Netflix films have to comply to BBFC ratings and stuff? Is it the, is it exactly the same set of rules for Netflix as it is for anything else? It seems to be. This is this is this is this is a twelve A. This is you know it comes up as a twelve A and it tells you why that is. And I think in general, when I watch Netflix stuff, it seems to be either twelve A or fifteen. Maybe it's I'll harder to police. It's down to you to put the parental locks on your streaming services, but it's the same BBFC uh, rules you need to comply by, but it's much easier to get around because I think most 12 year olds know what a parental lock on Netflix is and their parents do not. Yeah, I think like it's a little obvious. It's a bit, it's, it's based on a book by Nancy Springer, you know, Enola Holmes in the case of the missing Marcus or whatever, but it's a nice take on a trope that has been told many, many times. You know, Sherlock has, Sherlock has been told many times in many ways. Um, probably, you know, most recently, the, 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 the Benedict Cumberbatch, Martin Freeman pairing is probably in people's mm. minds as, as, as the best version in popular culture lately. It's, I think if you've got tween or teen girls, I think you could do a lot worse and sit down and watch this okay. with them on a rainy October, November afternoon. That's what I would say. Well, well, we're going to be talking more about like young females in rocks, and that's a much, much better piece of art than yes. this. Yes. Well, you make me feel better, but like you say, it's a much better piece of art. But this also has its place, doesn't it? So I think rocks that we're going to talk about later is harder <laughs> to see, and it's for older girls, whereas Enola Holmes will find a place in younger girls' hearts, and we need to get them at and that. And it's age. made. It's made with good intentions and a good spirit and that kind of shines through. And I think in, in these cynical days, that can take you a long way. So that's Enola Holmes and it's mm. streaming on Netflix and it'll be all over your top tens, I should think, if you ever watch any Netflix ever. And it is like directed by Harry Bradbeer, written by Jack Thorne and Nancy Springer. And it's, it's a solid afternoon, but no more, no less. Lovely, 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 lovely. Well, um... I'm moving on to something which is highlighting our LGBTQ babes. Um, so I felt while I was watching this, it was based on a play. And then my David, partner with a good shout, said, yes, you're right. It's based on a play by someone called Mart Crowley, who I don't know, but he did Heart to Heart. Do you remember that TV show, Emma? Heart when they met, it was murder. Of course I do, but like, okay. so, you know, but like, yeah, with, oh my God, who were the couple? Uh, Sabrina, Sabrina Hart, and when they met her with Murder and they had that really cute dog. I was a little young for it, to be fair, but you know, I, I do still. I was so pleased with myself to realise when I was listening to the cadence of the, of the um, talking and the, and the way this, it was set up, I was like, this feels like I'm watching a play. And it was a play. Um, it's called The Boys in the Band. And it's a film made out of a play about a birthday party. It's 1968. It's New York. Seven gay friends are having a birthday party, playing a little drunken truth or dare type game. And it sounds like a lot of fun when you hear it in 2020. But remember, it's 1968. 
So depending on the guests that they have dropped by, the neighbors they have, you need to be very discreet with who you are. You need to lie about this friend of yours who is your roommate and all that kind of shit because people are not allowed to be gay back then because people are fucking dickheads. But the cast is incredible. It's Go on, Emma. I wanted to say, is there a standout? Because it reads like a who-who's, who's who of out gay actors in yes. Hollywood. And I think that's um, you know, which is interesting. So who so stood out for you? I don't see his name, but it reminds me very much of something that the guy who did American Horror Story would do. What's his name? Ryan Murphy. It sounds like, very much like a Ryan Murphy type thing. So it's got a lot of his actors in because, you know, he reuses the same male. He uses the same actors of any gender, but he reuses these same guys. Like Zachary um, so you've got Quinto. Zachary, Zachary Quinto's in there. Matt Boner's in there. But the lead is Jim Parsons. But Jim Parsons is a very unlikable character in this. He does a very good job, by the way, but he's very unlikable. But he's so best known for the Big Bang Theory, right? That's his yes. big which you know my kids for example devoured one summer so i i it, it, it must be interesting to see him play a very a bu- yeah he's part. he's not much rougher he's just even he's he's his big bang theory character but a bitch so he's it's very similar personality but a nasty bitch but everyone in this is fabulous it reminded me a lot of pose and I'm so happy that we're now seeing these stories told um, about this time in America, because all we he- heard about these men, because these men who are living in the 60s and 70s, we didn't hear their stories in the 60s and the 70s. We heard when they were dying of AIDS in the 80s. And we didn't hear about their life and their fun and their partying back then. And there are very many complex relationships in this. So there are people who are married to women and they are closeted, people who are in complex relationships and open relationships and trying to figure that out. And it's very well written in explaining to you that this isn't, none of these relationships are gay issues. They are love issues and the fact that you're seeing two men go through these things is no different from seeing people of other genders go through these things and I just am so happy I've never had to live as a gay or queer person in any decade before this decade we have lived through because the lengths these people had to go through just to hide their day-to-day to even explain away the fact that people of the same gender were knocking on their door and coming into their apartments for dinner parties like it was just constant stress and constant aggro and go on Emma I was going to say on a shot of very I had a very shallow note to ask you and I was going to say I'm Mm -hmm. looking at the still here and it looks like the fashions in it are fairly fabulous I mean is it has it got oh no that 1968 vibe no 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 they downplay that entirely and I also really like that so for gay stories a lot and a lot of the gay stories I like so I lean heavily and I know this is not the full spectrum of the gay story but I lean heavily towards the drag and the very camp of the gay that's what I find interesting so I love my pose I love my RuPaul I love all that and that's what interests me and I'm learning about gay stories it's a it's a world I know nothing about 
And this was very, very different. It's just a load of men in their 20s, dressed down, going to their friend's house for a little snack and a little cocktail. And it's it's their daily lives. And I don't see a lot of that on screen. We only see the fabulous portrayed. This is the normal portrayed. Does it suffer a little bit, though, that some play to film adaptations can do? Does it still feel a little stagey or have very they managed much, to? Yeah. Which is, no, you know, very, yeah. very much. But the thing is, I love that shit. So I didn't know that this was a play before. And part of the Good Shouts picked this for me and said, you will love this. Let's let's go for it. And I watched, I was like, is this a play? Within maybe 10 minutes, because you can just tell from the cadence of the speech, it's it's a play, it's written for stage and it stays like that all the way through. Um, but yeah, you can very much tell it's written for stage. I'd like to make- I loved it. And I'd like to tell you, Ashley, you are correct. This was produced by Ryan Murphy. Of oh, was it Ryan Murphy? I, I thought he had his hands in it. It's got all yeah. of his men in it, all of his best men. <laughs> all of his, oh, yeah, well, and, and Andrew Rannells as well, who I best know for being the original, no, not the original, but having played King George in Hamilton at one point. Yes, yes, he he's, is. He's awesome. He's the only thing I liked in no. Hamilton. I hated Hamilton, but no, I loved no, no. him. He wasn't the one that you saw in Hamilton. He invented that was the guy who voices uh, the Christoph. other guy. He's the one who voices ah. in um Frozen and also the guy from Mindhunter, I can't remember, Jonathan Groff. But Andrew Rannells originated the role of Elder Parson in the Book of Mormon. Shut your mouth, really? He's really good. Yeah, yeah, he was the original. I love him. Yeah, he's excellent. No, I know him from other stuff. He's in... He was in Girls. He was in Girls. Yes. He was um, Leonard Headley. He's he's, he's awesome. Shut your mouth. Awesome Broadway star. Awesome TV star. Andrew like Rannells, he was my favorite character in this because I think Jim Parsons' Big Bang Theory is the biggest, most, well, he's the biggest character in this. He's not the most recognizable name. And you're meant to hate him. And I did. It was great. Um, but Andrew Rannells, I adored in this. He was the most complex character because he was supposed to be a sassy, femme gay. I don't need you. This is my boyfriend. He's married to a woman. Leave me alone. And then he just is, he has a brilliant character arc in this. But the boys in the band, it is a 15, but there's nothing, um, you would show this to your kids. There's nothing bad in this. I'm sure of it. And it's and again, lovely, you know, you show bad that, shit that to means your nothing. kids. That means nothing. <laughs> it means nothing to um, <laughs> um But no, the Boys in the Band is a great insider retelling of gay culture in New York because all we know is the bad shit. They are more than the AIDS fight. They are more than the Stonewall uprising. They are people and they had a great life before this and they'll have and they a great have life after tell, it. And they, they have stories told. to tell. So do The Boys in the Band on do. Netflix. You will love it. I will do. Do you want to tell us then, Em, because I re-watched this today and in classic Ashley style, I realised I have seen this twice already before, but my memory is shot to shit. So something <laughs> that came out on the Cambridge Film Festival last time around 
um rocks well and he's so currently did you, did you see this the first time around the no, film festival no, you just rewatched i no, i know no, i watched it for the first time this week so rocks it is now available on netflix it was also it is i believe it is still also available in some independent cinemas they've released the light in cinema in cambridge is still showing this and, and our it, dear departed picture house was showing this before it closed so it is the story of a young girl living in London um, whose mother, who is suffering from mental health issues, walks out on herself and her brother on, you know, our mm. teenage heroine, if you want to say, and her young brother. And it is about her fight to keep her and her brother together so they are not discovered by the authorities and they're not then split up and sent to yeah. foster homes. But it's really a portrait of... I think it's a portrait of the city. It's a portrait of London today. It's a portrait seen through the eyes of these incredibly vivacious kind of 15, 16 year old girls. Because it's, it rocks is the name of our heroine. I take it it's not her birth. I don't think I ever. No, it's, it's a nickname of hers. I know what her real name is. It's her nickname. Um, Shola. Her real name is Shola. So it, Rox is her nickname. And it's it, it's centered around her and her girlfriends from her all girl, her central London all girls school and the bond that these girls have and how they are, you know, trying to help her through this. But she can't tell them really what's going on, because basically her mother has walked out and has left them barely enough money for like one week's groceries let alone, yeah. and with no sign of when she's coming back. There's just a note that says, I'm so sorry, baby girl. I love you so much, but I have to, you know, I, I can't be with you anymore. I have to do this for myself. Yeah. And. Her brother, who is played by a guy called D'Angelo Osei-Kissio. He's like nine Kenny years Manuel, old. He's probably this, about eight or nine, I suppose. I mean, he's one of the cutest things I've seen. I mean, just cutest things I've seen on um, TV in a long time. This was built up. So this whole film, I think, was built up through drama workshops in London. The cast are mostly non-professional actors. They're not actors. So and I love time. it. Well, I yeah, love so, it. Let me, yeah. So not me non well, I suppose they're actors in that they're in it, but they're completely non-professional. So her first experience in front of a camera. And interestingly, it was directed by Sarah Gavron, who is a professional director, obviously, who last made Suffragette, which I found a complete, but that was the one with Carrie Mulligan. It was very saccharine wank. <laughs> never be that harsh, Ashley, because, you know, we have different... Saccharine wank. It was BBC a little... Radio 4 wank. <laughs> it was just a bit tedious. And if you told me that then this director made this film, which is just shot through with a joie de vivre and a vibrance and just a life, it, it, it's it's only an hour and a half long. What happened to her between that time? Like, this is incredible. Yeah, it, it, and and it's it it's not you know it, it doesn't shy away from the difficult issues. It doesn't shy away from how the you know from from how it's not a very it's not a very complicated story it's a pretty simple story I'm going to try mm. and you know she, she kind of floats around between friends houses and sofas and very cute you know but it and it doesn't necessarily end as well as she might have hoped but then you know how else was it ever going to end but it ends with a sense of hope and optimism and like I say the love that her best friend is a girl well the actress is called Kosa Ali and she plays her best friend Samaya and Rox isn't being honest with her about what's going on and Samaya's really confused there's also a girl who's come moved in from Northampton I think or Nottingham Nottingham and so she's really she's feeling really left out Samaya because she was her best friend she's got no idea what's going on because Rox won't be honest to her but this this portrayal of just these these I don't know it's just a it's an amazing portrayal of 
teenage girlhood in 2019 London. And that's not something I know much about, but I felt like I did watching this. And I just think it, it, sh it shoots the city in this incredible, they have this brilliant scene where they break into a, a sort of a penthouse apartment with some guys and then they get caught by the estate yeah. agent who's showing it's some up for people sale. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it, like uh, but it, it, the shooting of, of you know, the new, obviously, like most big cities in London, particularly before, you know, before COVID, London is a city where you've got so much money and so much poverty, hand in hand, cheek by jowl, so much development in these areas that were traditionally very working class areas. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it does a really interesting job of telling that story as well. So I, I thought it's got a lot to offer on many different levels. So much so, actually, you've watched it three that. times. I, ha I realized I watched it for the first time, uh, the third time. But I remember because I have a lot of, so I have fostering and adoption in my own family. And I remember what, watching it, I realized how little, I'll say in inverted commas, normal people know about the fostering and adoption system. And that there's a lot of the thought of the, you must be able to help yourself. How in the hell do you get to that point? And then I think the scene where Rox and her brother are separated and then put into the car, there are laws that in broke it's horrendous. My heart. That there broke, are laws I, that in place heart. which don't fit the family dynamic of these people who are struggling to keep their families together. The families don't understand how the state needs to try and help them. It just doesn't work together. And it is a hugely traumatic process that is, it's very rarely undone. So but what I really like, sorry, I was just going to say, Ash, I, what I do like though is it doesn't have sometimes films about fostering or broken families or kids living on a poverty line can come with a sense of worthiness and depression about it what i loved about this it doesn't there's an awesome scene where they have that huge food fight in the in, in the canteen or whatever it's shot with a am i making i'm not saying it doesn't detract from 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 the desperation and the sadness that is there but it also doesn't kind of bang you over the head with just to kind of particularly sitting here in my very very comfortable middle class existence it doesn't hit me over the head with like you should you know look at what we're doing to our people it's just people who are living their lives they're just lives that are more, much much more difficult than your eyes yeah does that make sense it's being much closer to myself I'm glad to see this portrayed on screen because we don't see it enough and this is the reality so if you ever and I think what came across really well to me because I've seen people go through this is Rox, the lead girl, is so afraid of social services touching her life in any way because she feels they will destroy her life. And social services is currently the only thing that can help save her and her brother's life, but they will also destroy her life. And they do do that. So she is terrified. No, and that's but they, they don't destroy they do. her life at the end. No, they don't. I'm sorry, Ash, I took away a very different message from this. At the end, when they go and they see her little brother and he's been put with the foster family in Hastings and they go and look at, and she looks at him yeah. through, the, through, the, through the playground wall and, and her friends have all come with her. It's a lovely sense of you know sisterhood again and they've come with her. They've all caught a taxi there just to go see her. 
And yeah, so look at him. He he has made it's you know it's what he needed because she as a fifteen year old can't look after him. She can't take him from hostel to hostel in London. There's that scene where she has that fight. You know they they stay in sort of one of these hotels in London, which is very mm. cheap night on night. And but you know the whole oh, yeah, thing is horrible. B and B owner. So I think what I'm trying to say is I, I think there are, there is a lot of kind of films out there that will show you how terrible this is and this isn't shying away from the sadness from it but it's also showing you that there you know there is hope in the system that's what I took from it anyway Ash I never disagree with you like that well I felt they were trying to shove hope down your throats but I think if any of us were ever pulled away from a nine-year-old sibling who we felt motherly to no, and that scene. Would we ever be able to feel that okay? That scene with that? is brilliantly done, but because hopefully at some point she's going to realise that she was fifteen and this was not her responsibility. Hopefully, fifteen. Hopefully. It's not your responsibility to look after it. Not you know, it's not your responsibility. Yeah. Hopefully, it's a, it's a really good film. Anyway, and it, that's I, it's I would really for Netflix film. Brilliant. It did very very well at the Cambridge Film Festival when it came out. I think we got it in twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen. Um, I think it was it was especially brilliant to be shown at the Cambridge Film Festival because funnily enough though because Cambridge is such an affluent place we are we do share our um, council it's it's Cambridgeshire Peterborough and we have the most number of children who need to be fostered and adopted in the UK as a whole in Cambridge and Peterborough and we actually had the most number of babies who need to be fostered and adopted um, and it was a great place to show this film because lots of people need new families and I think we need to understand why their families can't look after them and it's not always linear and easy and it's very sad and there are lots of different ways you can support young people but yeah we live in Cambridgeshire and it has the highest rate of young people up for adoption and fostering. And it's super sad. So watch Rocks. It's fucked up. What's it on? Netflix? <laughs> it's, not, it's on Netflix. It's not. I would not describe it as fucked up. I would say it's fucked it's up a, for me. It was hard to watch for it's me. It's a really good piece of art, like I say, and it is it's shot through with with a with an exuberance and a vivacity. And like to, to, to me, I was so surprised it was made by the same woman, like I say, who made Suffragette, but then also but like, it comes from this place of <laughs> improvisation, non-professional. <laughs> great great very performances that was very, you know, very yeah. unpolished none of the actors Brilliant. are professionals Brilliant but they were great performances so let's stop paying actors tons of money anyway should we go on to the dark 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 <laughs> so my favourite thing in the world is, is, a, is a true crime murder I love a good serial killer you know girl you know it's true so a huge crime that gripped the nation in 2018. I've listened to podcasts about this, partner with the good shouts, had this saved, ready to watch on Netflix, like you're gonna love this. And I had to tell him the sad story that I've seen all this body cam footage from the policeman on Reddit three years ago, but okay, I'll watch it with you. American Murder, The Family Next Door, you will know it in brief as the youngish looking husband with the shaved black hair who murdered 
his wife and two daughters and got rid of their bodies and then tried to lie about the fact. I, Ash, as you may or may not know, I'm not a huge real life murder podcast and documentary. You follower. have a life, Emma, that's why. <laughs> I never, I never claim that. But <laughs> I would say that I knew nothing about this going to it. I, I knew nothing about this case. I didn't even know that your social media it. algorithms are so like wholesome. Well, I so love blaze, it. Probably wholesome, <laughs> I imagine. I don't know. They just keep trying to advertise hard seltzer to me. That's all my I mean. That's all my <laughs> algorithms do. <laughs> they advertise booze to me and clothes. Mm. And in fact, the same pair of pink Swedish boots that I've bought already. It's and just I told you not boots. to buy, but go on. Tell us about the murder. I've worn them five times. Anyway, I'm just saying that I hadn't, I didn't know anything about this murder before I watched it. But the thing about American Murder, The Family Next Door is Shanann... Watts, who Watts, was the, the lady wife. who was killed, the, the wife, murdered wife, had an incredibly, um, what's the one I'm looking for? An incredibly prolific, prolific social media, yeah, enormously, presence. yeah. So, so they this 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 documentary has been based on they've taken her all videos. the Facebook videos, all the Facebook notices she put up, harrowing texts that they sent, and one of the and you know and. We've talked about the social dilemma a lot, you know, a couple of weeks ago. One of the things that really was the most difficult bit to watch is when you get onto that chat room and people are basically victim blaming her. Because, yeah, she comes out and says on many a Facebook video, I'm the alpha one in this relationship. Maybe I've dominated my husband. She and her husband, his name is you Chris know. Watts. Chris Watts. So they got married and he was a bigger guy at this point, a chunkier guy. They have two girls very close together. Yes. And at the point when she was killed, she was pregnant with their third child. He has spent four years building himself into some kind of buff looking. He's having an affair with someone at work and wants and to look good for her. Who looks just like a younger version of his wife. So it's 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 not, it, it, it's you know, like I say, I didn't know that he'd done it, but it's not really a surprise because it's just that classic thing of like, well, I want, mm. well, not classic, you know what I mean? Classic if you're a complete psychopath. Um, it's classic for a psychopath. Yeah. He behaved exactly the way they expected him to behave and that's why they caught him so quickly. And from the very beginning with, you know, the friend, he's just like, he's behaving so oddly because he's so edgy. Oh, the, the neighbour. Yeah, the neighbour. That was the best bit. Where they go and next door and watch the neighbor's um, security camera footage, he's like, "That guy isn't acting right." No shit, Sherlock. It's incredibly uncomfortable to watch. It's mm -hmm. an incredibly intimate portrait of not just a murder but also a marriage in disintegration. And it broke me a little bit to read the texts that Shanann was sending to her friends because she's gone away on a trip to see her family in North Carolina, and she. And, and then in the end, Chris comes to join her and then she's sending his text saying, we haven't been together for five weeks. He doesn't want to touch me. We haven't had any sex. What's going on to her friend? Their friend is like, oh, babes, I'm sure he loves you. Everything's fine. I found this, it's only an hour and 20 minutes and I found it a really difficult hour, which I think obviously I should do. It was stressful. And I think the point of it is, and, and at the end, they say this, you know, so domestic murder, you know, obviously, domestic murder or, or murder within marriage and within relationships by abusive part you know by, by it, it, it happens so much more than than we realize most there are many women of these cases happening all the time most women who die are murdered by a partner or next by the hands partner. of their own partner Prolific. this hit two-thirds of women who die are murdered by a partner or next partner and obviously this hit the 
you know, this hit the press because of the, you know, because those beautiful girls and the fact that he just, as well. and he dumped their bodies in oil tanks and now has drive <laughs> away. I mean, it's, it's, it, yeah. I, I mean, Netflix has kind of got its own vibe now, I would say in murder documentaries, in these real life documentaries. And, and, and yeah, I don't know, this is done. It's made by a female director, Jenny Popper, Popperwell. I don't know what yes. she's made. No, I, I was pleased to see it was made by, and I did feel it was very sympathetic towards a female story. And these things generally aren't. Um, she's done things like my big fat gypsy no, no, weddings and she's looked at other marginalized communities. So I think she's a very sensitive director in trying to tell she's actually, people's stories. And she's British as well. She's a British director. How is she? And okay. my yeah, she's a British director. Well, my big fat oh my goodness, my big fat gypsy wedding, that was something else. I loved that. I mean, that's a much <laughs> more positive thing to watch. But yeah, she's I found that very dark, tell- my gyp- my big fat gypsy wedding. Very dark. Well, I found this. But let's stop this. So do you know? Well, no, I, I, I don't find this kind of thing dark because I enjoy true crime. I'm interested in serial killers. I'm interested in murder and that kind of thing. I found this especially dark because I know for a fact, and I've seen science, I've seen graphs, I've seen all sorts of shite. The more you post on social media about how fun and perfect your life is, the worse and less perfect and horrible your life is. Um, Half of this American murder documentary is made up of, listen how horrible this juxtaposition is. Half of this documentary footage is made up of body cam footage from the police and the other half is made up of Shanann's Facebook videos. And also texts. They do a lot, yeah. you know, they, they do that. But it's terrific. She's trying to portray this perfect life. I am not victim blaming in any sense. I don't, I all. never, I don't think she was trying to portray it. No, it was more that she just lives her life constantly. She lives on social her media. life for this. And this guy is a horrible person i've i've done it myself man don't even worry about it like she knows this guy's a horrible person the only way to get through this is to pretend to other people and on social media that your life is perfect look what a great dad he is look at the trips we're taking and those are the clips that we see and they're horribly juxtaposed against the body cam footage of police taking this guy down. I think that that was uh, the, the scenes where, where they are, you know, they're given the polygraph and then when basically the scenes of the detectives who are doing yeah. the whole kind of good cop, bad cop in the interrogation room and get him to eventually admit, because they're like, you know, you must be feeling so stressed. You have to just tell us. Just it, tell us, yeah. It's so slickly made. It almost made me feel a little bit uncomfortable maybe, but having said that. Oh, it's horrendous. Yeah, it, it you know, but like I say, if it's getting a message out there that, that, that you know, yeah, exactly. That there was so much victim blaming from, and it came from other women as well on Facebook. It always fucking does. This. And, you know, that is desperately sad because here is a woman who is in an abusive relationship, even if she wasn't aware of it, she yeah. was. Because um, this guy you is never, a, we rarely a sociopath. Are. Yeah. changing, you know, who is, he was basically just completely almost shutting himself away from this life so he thinks it's not real so he can just at some point get rid of it and move on to his new one because this is just a hindrance he had no regard 
human life as a hindrance and that is yeah yeah that is something else this is what i loved about this documentary because it was kind of as a big true crime fan it was kind of shitty to me in that respect because i knew how this crime ended it wasn't interesting to me in that way but i am Hopeful. I did not. So I did. I mean, I knew. I, I was. I mean, they, they don't shy back from the fact it's him from the beginning. Let's yeah, say. yeah, it's yeah. A spoiler. They, and they, I'd they, seen all the body cam footage know. on Reddit several months before. But it's interesting they, to me that we can help people understand the, the 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 different way abusive relationships show themselves. So you can have a very great facebook marriage but he can still be a fucking dick and you need to help your girlfriend you can still get great texts saying oh i love him i want to do this this, and this but you still need to help your girlfriend out of that relationship ask questions ladies keep pushing keep asking we will eventually tell you take it from me we will eventually tell you but keep asking do in the I mean although in this case I think no this guy was such a cold-blooded sociopath there was no you know that it was it, I mean it's they they interview his new girlfriend I mean and I'm god bless her I feel for her as well he she was had no idea I know he was a professional that guy yeah yeah a complete but narcissist trying complete but narcissist. do keep trying keep trying ask nice questions ask nice questions how's it going and yeah, ask questions of what's going on if you are concerned. Be kind Please to don't people. leave them alone. Keep don't asking. necessarily make those questions though. Do sober October with me when your friend has just had a car crash and a fire, though. That's all I'll say. Don't ask Emma for any kind of fucking advice at this point. But yeah. And very good with advice. <laughs> very good. Um, no, it, it it's yeah, it's it's very well made. It's very slickly made, and I'm not even, I am not a real life crime fan particularly mm. but it, it it tells a chilling story and it makes its point and it tells it very well so well yeah. done Jenny Popperwell yeah and it's it's a horrific story and hopefully it does drive home that this kind of thing happens to people that you know and it might be happening to people that you know so you should try and help them if you think there's an inkling of the fact that they might be in trouble just smallest of questions might help them out you never know but shall we end on an up everybody well i say an up because this is a fucking it's gonna pandemic be an special it's gonna Wait, be gonna an up because producers no, no, be talking that's my Stuart point has to do I, it shut up producers <laughs> here. so Come on in. south park go so south park um they've been very quiet of late for obvious reasons they typically of a season would have a very tight production schedule trying to keep up to date with the latest current affairs but as we all know COVID-19 has hit Hollywood as hard as it has hit anywhere else and production shut down but South Park being South Park sitting on their hands was not enough they had to do something to address (laughs) the current state of affairs the global pandemic the Black Lives Matters movement the um the, the, the firing of the police officers, the issue with the teachers. Everything like, is in this, I love everything it. Everything has happened. They've tried to touch on everything from COVID-19 and the repercussions and, and the things that have happened in and around the entire crisis. So this is the first ever sort of, not feature length, but certainly hour-long um, South Park episode that's ever been done. So it's not, it's not, a, it's not supposed to be 
um, a part of the most recent series, which will be series 28, I believe. It's, it's the 308th episode, and it premiered on Comedy Central in the States on September 30th. So it should be available in the UK soon. I don't know exactly when it's due to be, but it's... Uh, it's we got screeners anyway. We saw this early on on reviewer screeners. So it's um it, it's it's out there. If, if, if you're a really hardcore South Park fan, then it's going to be easy for you to find. But it is very funny. I mean, it's, it's, it's if you're a fan of South Park, then by all means, seek this out because it is probably going to be the only South Park you get until they finally can gear up production time. again and get the actual 28th series out. Um, no, sorry, I'm, I'm talking rubbish. It's it's not considered to be the 24th season, not 28th, 24th season. Um, and yeah, it's 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 hilarious. It basically... It, it touches on so many of these sort of loose ends and other threads that have already happened in South Park to date, particularly with the previous season where um, Stan Marsh's dad, Randy, has opened up his own weed farm because they've legalised weed in, in in South Park County. And the, and Tegrity weed farm. Tegrity, tegrity weed. Yep. Tegrity and, weed. And it touches on loads of other stories when... Uh, he was dealing with the Disney Corporation, Mickey Mouse. Oh my God, love that. Fucking the bat, and that's what started coronavirus. Exactly, yeah. so uh, without giving too much away, Stan Marsh <laughs> has a hand in creating the pandemic, and then it looks into that, while simultaneously the kids have been forced to go back Black to Lives school. Matter's brought into this as well with police brutality against black people. And then they do a twist on that with the fact that the kids go back to school, but all of the teachers have been fired because of the pandemic, or at least been put on leave. So they have to bring police in to fill their jobs. But, and all the police have been fired because of, they've been fired because of no funding Shooting black people no reason exactly <laughs> and so they bring the police yeah. into be teachers etc 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 so it manages to weave this tapestry of of 2020 and cram it into an hour and it's it very... is i i think it's the height of trey parker and matt stone's writing abilities they have every single avant-garde news story in this one episode and i love them for it and they're still as good as they ever were i think Emma, i'm asking a question because i haven't seen it um i was going to say if you were going to do a time capsule of the last eight months and of covid should we put this in because does it do an awesome job of wrapping up like you said the insanity that has been this year into one place has does it would would, would it be a your comedy time version of it yeah. it has every angle of it yeah for sure i mean the one thing it perhaps doesn't touch on so much is is the trump response to 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 covid19 and the whole thing and you think well hang on this is this is this is like one of the, the blaring points and so uh, for those who don't know trump isn't trump in South Park. It's Mr. Garrison has become president yes. of the United States. But he's basically taken on the personality of Donald Trump um, via Mr. Garrison or vice versa. Um, the, the school principal has. Mm -hmm. um, but he ends up at the end of the episode basically just shitting over everything. It's like 
It's it's like it's 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 the like the last thing they added to the story because it's the most recent thing they've seen in the news, which is Trump just pissing over everything. It's like oh, I don't care about any of the stuff that's happening in the country at the moment. All I'm concerned about is me and my next election, and the fact they just sort of sneak it in right at the end um, with his little interjection is just bang on the money. Mm. It's a very terrifying. Stu, have you watched watch the new spitting image, which was not? Oh, not I haven't seen that. Oh, quizzically at me, like you don't remember it first time round. About maybe I'll be feeling slightly warmer towards that. We I were, obviously remember the first. We were a image. bit young the first time round. I mean, if you wanted me to, I could sing the theme song. I was but a I little won't. young, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, it's um. <laughs> well, I've. Never South Africa, maybe. No, 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 that one. But I was thinking one. about UK doing satire and the US doing satire, and I, I. But I think one of the so, so yeah. I, I think, need to watch this. Is what basically what we're saying. Yeah, but the new spitting image—it's a fair point. It's it's kind of like it's it's up there with the sort of level of sort of very um, rough, very harsh parody and criticism that sort of South Park. It's on the same vein, I guess. Um, but I know already for spitting image, there've already been complaints about like the the portrayal they of have Greta Thunberg. Basically, have Donald Trump tweeting. Oh well, actually, she made me laugh a little bit. But I was going to say the coarsest thing is they have Donald Trump tweeting with his penis, which is a rather realistic looking like latex penis with a kind of fake wig on it. It it it's mm-hmm. it's pretty. I mean, it's. It's gross than it used to be, but then spitting images stuck with a cabinet of not particularly exciting British politicians to be able to lampoon. They're so once gross, you... disgusting private school. Well, they maybe were back in... oh, They maybe were back in Margaret Thatcher's day, but they had they, a bit they more, still um... are. They still are. A bit more personality. Right. Anyway, but that's the, you know that I was just going to say inbred about cunts. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Yeah, um, yeah. I was just thinking wait, when you were talking about Donald Trump pissing over everything at the end, it just made me think. And I just thought, my goodness, has there ever been a time when the global take on a president is quite as poor as we've got at the moment? No, darling, yet, please, please we're all don't be excited. Emma, please don't be excited. Yes, because this time, last time, it was up against him and Hillary. Hillary had a 75% lead and they're like, she's going to get in. Don't no, worry about it. So no one votes Ashley, this and is, look what fucking happened. Oh, this is my point. I know, it's ridiculous. This is my point. We are all, you know, he has this, we, we, we are, you know, people are making puppies. He can do it again. He can do it again. And yet we're all accepting that he's probably going to be income November. Okay. I made, he I'm might. my peace. It's the, the problem, it's the problem with the electoral college in the States. So the, the pro- yes. So the, the problem they have, yeah, so the popular the system, liberal... The system is broke. Exactly. So the, the liberal agenda or what have you, like, that largely comes from the, the from the coasts, the US coasts, completely seems to the whitewash cool the ends, The cool ends. The cool ends. people are and gun-toting. Exactly. Those. But, well, no, it comes down to the fact you've only got about... Four states which actually can swing because the election, you know, Florida, it's about, you know, Kentucky. It's about, 
But it's the same argument we make in the UK. It's like we need, you know, we talk no, about that. We're much better. I hate we're this fucking place, no. but we're much better. Ashley, we are not much better. Really? That Tory government got in with an 81 seat majority, bigger than even Tony Blair got in with. And I'm sorry, but do okay. you think that's representative of how people feel about this country? Of course it's not. Mm. I live in Saffron Walden. I have many friends who live in Saffron Walden. You I'm guys like, vote purple down there. What? Cashed. <laughs> Definitely anti-Tory, at least like I would say probably 40% of people who live here don't vote for it, doesn't matter. Safest Tory seat in the world. It's been Tory since 1822 or something stupid. And it will not change because we don't do proportional representation. Anyway, that's the same with the US. You've got to make voting uh, mandatory for everyone. So you cannot receive free health care if you don't vote. I enjoy how drunk ash and evening recording has made this a super political show. Babe, it's normally super political and I just try and rein myself in, but now I'm off my tits, I'm fucking going for it. Because listen to me carefully. When I'm coming up to my period, which I was the other day, and this is going to be on the podcast, Stuart, you can hide your face. I only sleep like three hours a night, Emma. Menopause is coming for you in the next 10 years, babe. In the I next appreciate 10 years. you said the next 10 years. It's going to be slightly quicker than that, I think, but I appreciate it. Really? Thanks, thanks love. Yeah, I'm okay. Well, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to relate to you, but nice. I wake up at 3 a.m. and I'm awake till 6 a.m. So I read Twitter for hours and Donald Trump's last fucking meltdown on Twitter. That cunt is a retard. Honest to God, what are we doing? Okay, Ashley. Yes. Can I can I buy you a Kindle then, perhaps as your birthday present? I have. I've owned books? several Kindles. Six in the morning. Small suggestion. Oh no! Do I you download so books on them? I know. I, I really... can read. No, because I in I'm I I'm, I'm in the dark. So I don't know. I don't want to. So but listen. The Kindle so whites. You would never disturb David. Well, I've I'm... made. I've made some great life changes. So I have deleted all the games off my phones because they are a waste of my time and a waste of my life. Rollercoaster Tycoon. Um, but I have a lot of... Sorry, should you go on? Rollercoaster Tycoon. Oh, babe, I have not been allowed to play Rollercoaster Tycoon since 2019. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, but no, and I cannot read my lovely books I want to read because I need the lights on. So don't buy me a Kindle. Buy me one of those little clips that I clip in like a bookmark why don't you just read, light why don't you download the books onto your kindle and then read your kindle in bed because that never wakes anybody up because that's i stamped on my kindle wearing a stiletto and it broke and i'm buying i'm gonna buy you a kindle for your next birthday present because i'm concerned well, i haven't i have an ipad i can just hours. read it with no backlight on an ipad or audiobooks yes. audiobooks oh. are the way to go i'm not makes me I can't I, listen to spoken word while driving. No, so I haven't. I'm a Gemini. I think about very and have several many mental health issues. I cannot listen to an audiobook. No, I I'm need to bring some I book can't. recommendations to the next podcast just for you, Ashley. I'm rereading To Kill a Mockingbird I was alongside bo- the twins. Loving it. It's cleansing to my, my soul. My darling, I, I tutor English literature to the, to the next well, generation and I adore it. Um, and I was brought, I was bought every single book I wished for this Christmas and I've not read any of them. 
Um, but I have just today. That's not true. You games. read Elton John's autobiography, babe. My darling, I've read thirty pages of that, <laughs> and that is it since oh, December. Actually. I know. So I've deleted the games off my life. phone, and I am. Hey, it's been a pandemic. I'm working through my own stuff as well on top of it, and it's been hard as fuck. And I'm finally here, huh? I hear you, and I'm totally supportive. Thank you. You know that. I am nothing if not supportive. I know you are. Emma supportive, Mark. I am doing it. Right. I am going to cut this tonight because I feel You need to go and parent some kids because it's fucking 11 p.m. (laughs) Even my children are now in bed, Ashley. (laughs) And my child went off my dick, Ashley. My kids are in bed. Get off my dick, Emma. (laughs) No, I was just going to say I was going to take control of this as a more sober person and say you've been listening to Emma and Ash Screen Queens. Thank you very much. Enola Gay, Enola Gay, if that's the OMD song. That sounds Enola shit, Holmes. but she quite liked it. Loved it. Enola Holmes on Netflix, which... If Enola Gay is a great song. Enola Gay is a marvellous song. Listen to that. Enola Gay. Stop it. Rocks on Netflix, which is a brilliant, brilliant, vibrant piece of exciting art. The South Park pandemic, which you might Oh my fuck, it's great. Uh, a spokesperson for Now TV has confirmed the 24th season, including the pandemic special, will be streaming on their platform later this year. This is why we have you on the show, Stuart. That mm-hmm. was awesome. He's Watch. our sweet baby angel. Um, an American murder, an American murder, the family next door, also available on Netflix. Will be on all your algorithms. Badsies. Complex. Yeah, just don't do it. Great. And the boys in the band, which Ashley loved. Adorable. Loved. The, um, Gay play. Very nice. Gay play on telly. And next week, we'll talk about Ratchet because we were going to talk about this week. And I oh, think shit. Yeah, we were. Down, haven't you, Ashley? Oh, well, we can do that. I sunk week. it down. I've only watched half of hours. I love that so shit. Maybe I'll watch a couple. So we've got Ratchet for next week, and we're moving on to the autumnal era for Ashley. Yes, you. And it's entirely likely we'll be recording after, I imagine, possibly. Maybe this this week or next week, haven't decided yet or haven't seen yet, when I believe it is the new series of Star Trek Discovery is out. And I'll probably want to talk about that because <laughs> I have to, because that's like the one thing I've been End excited about for months. I'll, I'll send it to everyone. You guys can go to sleep for a no. bit. I am right. more... No. I'm more excited about the fact that we'll be recording after the boys' season two finale. I mean, we covered Ugh. the boys' add for an item last week, but if you haven't watched uh. it on that. Oh, don't sigh at me. Anyway, it's been oh. a pleasure. You've been listening to MNF Screen Queens. Like and subscribe wherever you pick up your podcasts. Yeah. Follow us Bye, on Instagram on Screen Queens. And, you know, look at me. I'm, take, I'm taking over. Do it. <laughs> and have a wonderful evening wherever More you are. More peace out, Love you. Devoted listeners, thank you. Bye. Night, night. Bye.